Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Turpin Odyssey again. We're looking at the uh, ITV series Dick Turpin from 1979. And we're on now to episode five, which is called The Pursuit. Um, the brief description of this episode, I should say it's on YouTube, this one. Yeah. If you want to search for it. Uh, if you search S01E05, you should find it after Dick Turpin. Um, and of course, uh, one of the uh, uh, IFS members has posted all of the episodes on his uh, his Google Drive, and again, I'm, I can't remember what he's called. I'm looking for his name here. It was a week ago when he tweeted us. He's a good man. So, uh, he is a good man. I mean, do we need to say his name? Sir John Goodman. Sir John Goodman. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't fight. Oh, there it is. It's Jim Wilkinson. Of course, what? it's Jim Fuck. Wilkinson. What? That, now, there's Which a name you can trust and depend on. Solid name, isn't really it? Really good name. It's, it a, it's a ten out of ten name. Yeah, Jim Wilkinson, and his Twitter handle. If you want to try and find it on his his tweets, is Jimbo Wahoo. So a little bit. Imagine if you're in his lo- in the local pub and you ask, "Oh, I need someone to help out with whatever, anything." Mm. Even you're in the village, and they go, "Ah, yeah. oh, probably want to talk to Jim Wilkinson about that." Yeah, that's he goes, "Sorry, Jim Wilkinson, totally. who? Uh, Jim Wilkinson? He'll be in later." Jim Wilkinson's your man for anything like that round here. <laughs> he'll sort it out. Twi- I can pay him. Ah, well, you can if you want, but it'll, to be honest, for a job like that, Jim Jim yeah. will probably insist on doing it. For, you know, buy him a drink. Yeah, get him a pint. That's yeah. all he'll need. Uh, Jim Wilkinson is a Lincolnshire musician, it says here, and he's one half of the Ed Miller Band. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they've got a recent release out called A Quiet Riot Part 1 on Bandcamp. So, you know, thank you can thank Jim Wilkinson imagine, for putting all of the episodes by the, buying his, his single. Imagine the size of Jim Wilkinson's van. God, I don't know what you were going to... No, no, I know you thought I was going to say no, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking sully the good name of Jim Wilkinson by talking about that. No, I just imagine he's got a van... And yeah. it, and like then you were like he's in a band and now I'm even more certain he's got a van because Jim Wilkinson yeah. probably takes all of the Ed Miller band's gear from venue to venue. Yeah, yeah, of course he does. He's the Ed Miller band van man. He's mm. Jim Wilkinson, a good man, a good bad. What, <laughs> what would Jim Wilkinson do? That's what we always ask ourselves. 
course we do. He do the right thing. Yeah. So um, I hope it doesn't turn out that he's, he's, he's committed some kind of terrible deeds at some point. That we've bigged him up. We didn't do any research on him. If he turns out to be a murderer, don't blame us. Yeah, we just take as we find. Um, he hasn't murdered either of us yet, so you know we're we're all right with him. Um, so yeah, that's on Jim Wilkinson's tweet. We've we've retweeted the links as well for you to look at all of the episodes of Dick Turpin. Thanks to Jim Wilkinson. This one, uh, the Pursuit, episode five. It already feels like we're not going to get through it all in one episode. Too much Jim Sorry Wilkinson chat. Fucking too Jim much of a deep fault, dive into the Ed Miller band. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when Dick and Swiftnick find themselves robbed, robbed, they pursue this masked highwayman, only to find the trail leading to a country house belonging to Mrs. Beddingfield and her two daughters, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not Daniel Beddingfield. Uh, Belinda and Abigail. Hang on, Daniel Beddingfield had a, a sister called Natasha Beddingfield. He did Beddingfield. Have a sister, didn't he? Natasha Beddingfield. They she were both in the charts the at the same time at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where are they now, though? They disappeared without trace, didn't they? Well, I mean, I hesitate to Google it because we've already devoted a lot of time to the Ed Miller band. If we start I'm getting, sorry. if we start getting into the Beddingfields now, we'll be in all sorts of trouble. Where is Daniel Beddingfield now? New Zealand British songwriter. Yeah. Daniel, what happened? I gotta get through this. What happened to Daniel and Natasha Beddingfield? And this is a thing from 2014. So this is this. The question was being asked eight years ago about where they are. Um. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, Natasha's third album was released with little reaction, did not even appear in the UK. Meanwhile, Daniel was working in Tel Aviv with a local freak folk band called the Raw Men Empire. Hmm. Goodness me. Natasha became a celebrity judge for Avon Voices, a talent competition from the beauty cosmetics company. Daniel ended up being a judge on New Zealand's X Factor. Were they from New Zealand? Yeah, they're New Zealandish. The Kiwis, yeah. Um, according to an announcement in 2012 Natasha was working on a fourth album called The Next Chapter though it was yet to appear at that time Daniel has mostly disappeared it said um, I'm struggling to remember what her big hits were oh I've got no idea that music around that time was just a mystery to me because it was when I became this a was the early noughties I was quite yeah. I was quite balls deep in the charts for various reasons at that point but I remember her, but not her song. I mean, I totally remember I've got to get through this. Fucking banger, mate. Beddingfield Daniel spends his time writing for a number of artists. Oh, yeah. Um, He's pulled a Kathy Dennis, mate. And in 2016, he was in the Western musical The War of the Worlds as the artillery man. Fair enough. Not a lot being told about what's happening since 2016. Natasha Beddingfield. Fucking hell, present day. Released a single in 2018. 2019, she said her fourth studio album, which was the first one in nine years, was scheduled for release on 30th of August. Uh, Who knows if that ever It says here, up. I know you can't believe everything on Wikipedia, it says that she had a spell managing Watford between 2017, yeah. uh, November 2017 and February 2018. I yeah, don't remember that, but it's hard to keep track. Th- uh, Paolo Souza had two... Spells, 10 yeah. years and I think she was in between both of those yeah 
Um, I think what, what was it like three months? It's just a three month spell, which by their standards isn't too bad. Yeah. Apparently, she organised them and improved the fitness, but ultimately, the morale was still results didn't improve. Yeah, on exactly. The pitch. Exactly. Um, but they, they thanked her for her service and wished her yeah. all the best in her future endeavours. I think she released a statement via the League Managers Association as well. Yeah. Uh, where she said that she tried her best, um, but uh, the underlying culture at the club made it impossible for her to make any significant improvements during that such a she, short period of time. She indicated in an, in an interview with Telegraph Sport a few months later that the project as presented to her at her original interview was not quite how things yeah. turned out and yeah. that the project was didn't fit with her philosophy Yeah, and her vision. That can so, happen. Yeah. That can happen. But then again, some people can say things like that to mask up their own inadequacies. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Lee Johnson. You can say um, stuff like, you know, I really had a lot of enthusiasm during the interview process, which is why I probably impressed them enough to get the job. But when mm. the the joy of getting the job had sort of worn off and I was just faced with the day-to-day hard work and grind of doing yeah. day in, day out managing, it, it felt quite boring and I was completely unable to maintain the level of enthusiasm I'd had in the original interview. Yeah, and in the end, I just got bored. That's sort she, of the honest way to quite, explain a departure from any job. Well, she's saying here that she got bogged down in a lot of um, complicated contract renewals mm. at the time, but, but she felt that she was just appointed as a, a tracksuit manager, just a head coach, mm. and that there'd be no involvement in any contracts, but then... It wasn't as it was presented. Yeah. So that's a shame. The director of football can't um, even speak English. He only spoke Italian. And yeah. I mean, come on. How are you supposed to work like that? She hasn't managed anywhere since then. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know what our Watford fan listeners thought of her time, though. Yeah. You'd think she'd maybe end up in the Cypriot second division or somewhere like that, at least. But no, no other job since then. Just like Paolo Di Canio after he left Sunderland. Yeah. So that's curious. It is maybe, curious. Um, and Gus Poyet. Hang on. No, no, Gus Poyet, he was all over the place afterwards. He's done loads of jobs. Oh, was he? And now look at he him. Literally, I think he literally did end up in the Cypriot second division at one point. I think that he... Um, I think that he's just recently got a job, actually. Because after I remember I saw him with his decoy in Madrid. He did. And yeah. then only about a week later, he got the job as like the Greece national manager or something. Yeah. I mean, he... Yeah, is he, that right? He doesn't... Um, where is he at the minute? Manager He's, of Greece, yeah. Greece, yeah. That, that was that was just after we'd spotted him in his decoy. That explains a lot more about why he got the decoy. Because if he was on yeah. his way for sensitive chats with the Greek FA, he probably yeah. didn't want... And he knew that journalists like me were sniffing about. He wanted to throw us off the scent so as not to jeopardise the opportunity. Deployed the decoy. Yeah. Yeah. After he left Sunderland, he went to AK Athens for uh, seven months... And then he did uh, six months at Real Betis. And then he did ten months at Shanghai Shenhua. <laughs> Say that again. Sorry, that was a bit Shanghai racist. Shanghai Shenhua. Edit, edit, edit me out laughing at the name of a, of a Chinese no, football team. No, I can't be asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shanghai Shenhua. That's the same something sort of racist would make up a name of a, ch- of a Chinese team and call it that. Well, he'll be out there playing for fucking Shanghai Shenhua or something. <laughs> and then, yeah, and he was there for uh, ten months, and then he was at Bordeaux for nine months, 
and then he was at Universidad Catalokia, Catalokia, Catalica, for six months. There's a pattern here yeah. in Gus Poyet's managerial career. It's not bad it's though. He's probably making one. plenty of dough. Mm, he, he was always yeah. a, he was always an all right bloke, wasn't he? You didn't mind him, did you, at Sunderland? He was all right for a while mm. until he wasn't. Right, yeah, well, that's the same with all of them. Uh, Name a manager uh, who wasn't that way ever at any club. Oh, it, it, it went really sour really quickly, which I was surprised that a lot of our fans wanted him back. Right. A year or so ago, just before Lee Johnson got the job, he was touted as being doing a possible comeback. And I just still remember us being 4 0 down at home against Aston Villa, who were dog shit at yeah. the time. Uh, and me leaving that match early because it just really really gone to shit I'll tell you what I nearly left West Ham Brentford early yesterday and I fucking would have done had it not been for the fact that we had handed over a large sum of cash that I'm not willing to disclose to get a ticket off a tout outside the ground (laughs) not obscene like if you've ever bought a ticket off a tout you'll know but well above face value and like because we'd done that it was cold, it was windy, the football was absolutely dire, it was depressing, we were 2-0 down, and I hadn't had any lunch, it was a 2 o'clock kick so I was getting getting hangry, big time, and every single part of me was like, leave the ground now, you know, I was really close to home, I thought I can go home, I can have a cup of tea and a cheese sandwich, and then Mm. just forget about all this, but when you've handed over quite a lot of cash to a tout, you sort of feel duty bound to stay to the bitter end, don't you? And you do. Were you in? Were you in the Brentford end as well? No, no. Luckily, I was in the West Ham bit. That, that was okay. the only saving grace, and why the tickets <laughs> yeah. were worth the money is that we got in the away end. So at least we had. At least we had a sing song. <laughs> Play up, hammers. Fair enough. Hit it, Martin. Yeah, exactly. I gave it a few hit it, Martins. That made that that enlivened the experience a little bit, and then I was on my way. <laughs> uh, is it Martin? God, is it Martin? Who are you fucking talking to, mate? Uh, Martin? We haven't got a Martin. You can't. Uh, oh, I'm pop- sure one of them was called Martin. <laughs> Martin Allen. Is he not still with us? <laughs> uh, Apologies if you don't listen to the uh, the Melchester Odyssey. Or you don't subscribe to it because. This episode is open to all the IFS. Just another reason why you should upgrade, I guess. I thought if you subscribed, you got the Melchester Odyssey. Maybe the ones on the lower levels don't. I mean, it's worth the extra quid for an upgrade because Melchester's probably our our best thing. Yeah. I'm judging you. Thanks for It's our best. Tyranage. But uh, you're missing out on so much. Mm. Um, So, yeah, we're at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're just halfway through the the episode as it is, so this isn't gonna get done in one sitting. Um, so it it starts delightfully. Um, Dick and Swiftnick are having a lovely picnic by the riverside, which is nice. <laughs> They're having a nice day out. Uh, they've probably been doing a bit of robbing. Yeah. Um, and they they're feeding themselves. Maybe they nicked some food and drink from someone I don't know. So they're sitting there by the riverside. Swiftnick is agitated. Mm. He is jumpy. He wants to do some more robbing. Yeah. Um, he's not he's in like, all this, this sitting is around. He's I not fucking, into the just rest lifestyle. This is not he? what I signed up for. 
When yeah. I signed up to be an intern with Dick Turpin Associates Limited. Incorporated. I thought the whole thing was going to be fucking Robin, sword fighting, Robin. and the occasional wench. But still this sitting about is fucking bollocks. Yeah, it's just rest stuff. It's not for me, I'm a young man. I've still got lots of surgery testosterone. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Meanwhile... While they're sitting there, someone comes along and rifles through uh, their saddlebags, uh, nicks their pistols as well, and their saddlebags. They've been robbed by a robber. Um, Fuck. And it immediately goes into what we like to see, which is pursuit, horses, jumping, excitement. And it is very exciting stuff. A great pursuit. And the uh, the robber goes into a country house. Um, so they follow, and the robber disappears. Um, so Dick and Swiftnick check the stables, and come across the uh, the robber's horse, which uh, Dick describes it as steaming. Mm. So you can tell that it's just been oh. in pursuit, like a, like a, like a hot engine of a car that's just yeah, that's been Dick. switched off. That is Dick. He's like a detective. Dick all over that, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So he, the horse is steaming. Uh, so they, they know that that's the horse they've been following. Uh, and then an old man wanders into the uh, into the stable armed with a gun. Oh, yeah. Uh, it turns out he's a deaf old man. He can't fucking hear anything they're saying. Um, uh, Dick's, Dick re- refers to him as Grandad. Dick's a bit cheeky with him. He says, where's your master, Grandad? And um, Dick says that they're looking for a highwayman and says that we are travellers, which is a lie. I mean, Dick Turpin, robber, thief, liar as well. Yeah. Um, So the uh, the deaf old man says, we'll see what the missus has to say about this, which I guess is the lady of the house. Yeah, not his wife. He means the lady of the house, yeah. Not his wife, yeah. Uh, and Dick quietly tells Swiftnick, we're rich travellers, got it? <laughs> yeah. story. We are rich travellers. <laughs> he could say it like that, the old man wouldn't hear him. Uh, he says, we're rich travellers, got it? And the old man ushers them indoors <clears throat> where there are a couple of ladies <clears throat> who are sewing and doing needle craft and that. And the younger of the two is uh, is an actress called Stacey Dawning who appeared in I don't know if you remember this sitcom Keep It In The Family 
Yeah, I do remember that. Yes, I know the one you mean, yeah. I thought, I, thought, I wondered where I recognised her from. It was, uh, she was one of the two daughters of the, um, I think it was called Martin. Hit it, Martin! Yeah. Um, and he was a cartoonist and he used to have a puppet on his hand. I know him, yeah. He used to draw yeah. the cartoons for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lived in a big house. Him and his wife lived upstairs and I think the, their daughters lived downstairs in I the basement I remember this flat. really well. Yeah. Went on really for fucking funny. years, mate. Went on, hang on. One, two, it did have four series, five series. That's a lot. That is a lot. ITV comedy staple. It was. I remember being quite young, but feeling sort of boyishly triggered by both the daughters. Yes. I think the actress changed of the daughters. Yeah. And you know, hang on, that that mum's the same mum from Reggie Perrin, mate. It's Pauline Yates. Yeah, it was. Who... I would say at my age now, I would probably find it even more triggerable than the oh, daughters. Oh, she was so triggerable, even when she was like, even when you were a kid. I've yeah. uh, I've got my making of Reggie Perrin article somewhere, which will soon be appearing on oh, the nice IFS Turbo, for which I did yeah. interview her extensively, and she was lovely. I felt oh, there was a chemistry. I was only about twenty three, yeah. and I suppose she probably was in her sixties, but I still, felt, yeah. I felt something. Did feel did it. Did feel a bit like you were in The Graduate or something yeah, like that? Exactly, yeah. And there's did, few did things more triggerable than that movie. Did you say, are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Yates? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, it really inter- it really made the, it made an awkward atmosphere descend upon yeah. the interview after I said that. I, uh, she just said, let's just both pretend you didn't say that, yeah. uh, young man. <laughs> and very, carry, on ask, professional. carry on asking me questions about working with Leonard Rossiter. That's for the best. <laughs> yes, Daisy Dawning plays Susan, the daughter. Um, other guest stars in that series included Bert Kwok, who played a Japanese juror. Oh no! <laughs> At one point, I guess that was just in one episode. There wasn't a regular Japanese juror in there. But Dudley Rush was the name of the character played by Robert Gillespie, who was the cartoonist with the uh, the glove puppet. <laughs> So, I yeah, think he was sort I, of having a, a nervous breakdown, basically, wasn't he? Pretty he he'd much. gone mental, yeah. and he had these two sort yeah. of sexy daughters who had just sort of pitied him, and uh, and yeah. a wife who'd just sort of like given up on him. Um, well, so the, no the wonder it was popular, because that's like the life of of most most us dads, really, isn't it? You're like well, the, regarded with pity the, by your family. The daughters had a lot of gentleman callers, yeah, and he was always trying to like. Um, throw a spanner in the works almost yeah and it was a bit slightly seedy that's a bit that, well it's like it was like sorry same deal and Steptoe if you think about it there's a grand tradition of British soaps where one of the parents is trying to sabotage the love life of their children which is yeah. very strange very strange because it is not also <clears throat> just good friends there was some sabotage in, in that, wasn't there? It because was. Obviously, yeah. the parents yeah. thought that he was too common for Penny, and like it, it's so common that they're always th- trying to sabotage each other's love lives. But I'm I- not sure it was trying to sabotage the love life. I think what it was was back then there was still that thing where you would um, get married mm. before you would have sexual congress with each other. Oh, and they're trying to stop them having it off. They're trying to stop the leg over. Whereas, you know, the younger generation then were all well in favour of Lego. Over. They were like, listen, we need, it's the 80s. We need cock like anyone else. And going through the expense of a wedding just to get it yeah. seems absurd, it's especially the way the economy is. We're in the depths of a recession here. 
Yeah, we're not against marriage, but when it comes to cock, we've got a try before you buy policy. <laughs> and um, quite right, we're, too. we're comfortable with that. Yeah, it's modern times. Yeah, sorry. Um, so yeah, <laughs> fucking cartoonist I, I do weirdo. I, I, I did watch some repeats of Keep It In The Family on one of those channels that I tend to watch late yeah. at night Yeah, um, that repeats this kind of thing and it it wasn't very good it hadn't aged well really I'm going to check um, it out anyway I just I just want to because sometimes it, it triggers nostalgia which is pleasant do it mate a pleasant it's, feeling um, they might be on they might be on YouTube I don't know I don't think it's diveable let's just say no that. no Anyway, that um, actress is in this episode of Dick Turpin and she's very attractive in it. Yeah. Can I just also... Start, uh, hang on. It was written by uh, Brian Cook, who also wrote Man About the House. Hmm. Starring Richard, Richard O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan. Interesting. And mm. Robin's Nest. They collaborated with each other for years. So he probably yeah. wanted O'Sullivan to be the dad in Keep It in the Family, although that wouldn't have worked because I feel that dad in Keep It in the Family had an air of a sort of a pathetic air about it was him. Pathetic, and yeah, there, there's was. no way a man as dashing as Richard O'Sullivan could ever be regarded as pathetic. He couldn't no, do pathetic, exactly right. too dashing. So um, Keep It in the Family started a year after this episode. So perhaps Stacey Dawning, the lovely Stacey Dawning, with her beautiful eyes, mm, huge eyes, was. Um, was uh, recruited after this episode of Dick Turpin. Talking about huge eyes, right? You know, like how... They're not huge. No, well, large eyes. No, I'm not saying like freaky, like a fucking bug. But big (laughs) eyes are attractive. I was looking at a... um, I happened to see a uh, Instagram video of Susanna Hoffs, who's someone who we... I don't know we've ever mentioned on this podcast before, but I I think she was a singer in a band called The Bangles. I'm aware of her work. uh, Anyway... And I was thinking, what, why is why is she so attractive? And it was because she's got big eyes. So I can't remember if I told you this, but quite recently I told my good wife and then she told my kids because there is nothing that they like more in this household than to fucking bully me, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, we, there, was a, there was a boy and, you know, like at school everyone fancied this boy he went to a different school and one day I said to him and it was annoying me like I knew the lad and he was a nice lad but it annoyed me that all the girls fancied him right do you, right. Do you know what I mean okay. it's, it's annoying it's like my yeah. attitude was every girl fancying spending time fancying him that's time mm. that could be spent fancying me so yeah. I see that as you removing something from my yeah. table do you see what I mean it was an injustice I didn't like yeah. it so I was like Okay, I'm really annoyed. So I said one day to to a, a, a female friend, I said, what is it about this geezer that everyone's going so mad about? And she said, and I was about 16, right? And she went, well, he's got these lovely big eyes, hasn't he? And that was the first time, because when you're young, you don't understand the difference between an attractive and an unattractive male if you're heterosexual. You don't, yeah, yeah. you cannot fathom what it is, right? It's none of your business, is it? It's not really? my business. Like, how would I know? So let's go, what? Well, what is worth? What is it? And she goes, she's got lovely big eyes. Go on. I'm too busy being triggered left, right, and center I know, exactly. by all the girls. I know, I'm not, I cannot work it out. Like now, I'm very aware of, of attractive men. I was only talking to my daughter earlier about how attractive I found Patrick Dempsey in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Which was another thing she's now used as ammunition to bully me about, right? Oh, yeah. But 
I, I went, what? Big eyes? And she went, yeah, he's got lovely big eyes. So then I got it in my head, right? Oh, that's what the ladies like, is it? Nice pair of big eyes. Noted. So then... Oh, you didn't try and do something that enhance your eyes, did so you? So basically, every for the next like week or two afterwards... I remember it was we were at Sixth Form College and everyone was in this common room and, and it was a huge common room and that's where you spent all your time and if you were trying to like chat someone up or get in with them that was where it would be done right because mm. you'd encounter all your different girl mates and girls you knew through the day and I spent a lot of time in there and from that moment onwards for a good two week period yeah. whenever I spoke to a girl even if it was a girl yeah. I knew quite well I widened my eyes <laughs> In the style of someone who had just been shocked to their very core. I really want... And I didn't blink, like a, like a lunatic. Yeah. I'd be like, hello, how's it going? Oh, hello, Sarah, how are you? And she'd be like, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, why? Do what? you like my eyes? Yeah, she'd be like, what? Well, you just look like you've had a shock. No. Why? Why do I look shocked? Well, your eyes are really wide open. No, they're not. This is just what my eyes are like. This is their resting oh, position. Like this. These are, this is my, if you, my eyes were stretched wide, you'd know about it. They'd be tight size. <laughs> this is their resting position, let me assure you. You've obviously never noticed it before. But anyway, carry on. The, next these question. big old peepers. Yeah. They're big ones, aren't they? Glad you know it. thought you never would. Beauties. Right, they're, you they're a cracking pair of XL eyes. <laughs> you, took a, you took a many of these to the pound, madam. <laughs> it was so funny. I, I admitted this, I don't know, a year or two ago to <laughs> to my good wife. Because my good wife, you know, I, uh, as people might uh, probably mention before, I knew my good wife at school. She was my friend. We didn't mm. get together till years later, but I knew her at school. So she knew the bloke and she probably, do you know what? She probably did fancy him. So, well, of course I, she did. So, I, yeah, I mean, look, let's get real. She would have fancied him. Everyone did. So I said, I was, he came up in conversation. I said, that cunt with his big eyes. She, and she was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I said, that's why everyone liked him. But I tried to fucking, <laughs> I tried to steal a march on the cunt, didn't I? <laughs> she said, how? Trying to, try to put, me, put, me pla- put me flag on his big eye turf. Yeah. Tried to knock him off his fucking perch like Fergie big did with perch. Liverpool. <laughs> it didn't work. And I was foolish like, though. I foolish, fuck, really. I son. went round my fucking eyes open, and now she told the kids. That's what she does. She goes, "Hey, kids, listen to this, right? That's what she did with that Uncle Harrington thing as well." She goes, "Listen to what he said now," and she told them. And now they're on about me the whole time. Like there was uh, a, yeah. there was a. We we went out earlier for something to eat in the cafe because uh, it's Easter holidays, and there's a uh, there's a waitress in the cafe that um, look. I'll say it right. She is quite attractive, but she's you know she's young. Whatever, I'm there, with my family, and they but they don't. My my wife and my daughter don't like her. They say she's moody, right? Okay. And yeah. all I said was, this is all I said, right? I just went, well, she's always been all right to me, and oh. that, they have interpreted that oh. as meaning right. Dad fancies the waitress, yeah. and then when she came over and took our order, the whole time I'm talking to her, taking the order, they're all doing this wide-eyed face at me. And claiming yeah. that when she came over, I was re-employing the big eyes technique. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used that technique since 1991, it, mate. Because it was discredited. It If anything, it backfired. I, that people thought I was yeah. insane. You realised back then it was something you couldn't sustain permanently. You so why, why you can't do it? With it? I only had one option. That would have been eye surgery, which there was no way I could yeah. have afforded in those days. So I just gave you up on got, it. Um, 
you maybe could have got some of those clamps that Malcolm McDowell wore in a clockwork yeah, orange and wear them that they used around. to hold his eyes open and have them stretched but wear but, them um, permanently but then like put flesh coloured yeah. sort of foundation makeup on them so hope hope that they blended in <laughs> with my face you could have tried that yeah but it's, it's, it's a lot when you're 16 you'll go to great lengths to try and get your leg over mate it's it's all about the leg over <laughs> yeah. isn't it yeah um we'll be back next time with more of the Turpin Odyssey uh thank you very much for listening uh goodbye goodbye This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,